Plugging LA presents Working in Music Sucks, the show where we talk about what sucks about working in music so you don't have the same problems. I'm your host, John Maciel, and in today's episode, we're going to talk about something that might sound like a little bit of a downer and a bummer, but it doesn't have to be. And matter of fact, it's a warning sign episode to kind of give you the red flag things to look out for and to know, to change your mindset when it comes to changing your career to, you know, being a hobby or part-time engineer or audio producer to making it full-time and the things you have to really know and understand are probably going to happen and how to combat those things. And this episode is really why most audio engineers give up or producers or mixers. The, the, when I say audio engineers, the term is interchangeable. Just anyone who's working on making a record and through the years of being an audio and my time as an educator, I've seen some core reasons and I have, I think, like eight reasons here on why most people give up on their journey much too early. And the first one is always the most obvious when I read people's comments in forums and things. And it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be, or I thought I would be better. And it just comes down to they thought that audio engineering was easy, or they just naturally could do it. Because... I can see that testament. You know, you you watch enough YouTube videos, you read enough articles, and you're like, oh, that's easy to do. Like, eh, duh, anyone could do that. But then when you actually have to go apply that practical knowledge and the technical skill behind that, you realize very quickly, ah, oh, man, I might have bit off more than I can chew. And, and you immediately, you're, you're humbled. You're humbled right away. You're like, oh, shit. It's a lot harder. And I I was this way too. When I got into recording, I also was like, oh, this is gonna be easy. Like I'm not I'm a guitar player. How hard could it be to make a record? Like I already write songs. Like the skill sets are not the same. They're not the same. But in my mind, I was like, my ear is gonna be super amazing. Like I won't have to like work at this too hard. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be amazing at this thing. Um uh, yeah, that didn't happen. And that doesn't happen for a lot of people. There are some exceptions to the rule. But those people are aliens. I'm just kidding. They're not from outer space, but they're just, they're the exceptions to the rule. Okay. They're not, not everyone's like that. And I hate when people try to build out outliers as like the standard. It's like, no, 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 like they're, they're in a league of their own. We have nothing. The majority of us are not that way. So let's just keep us out of this. Right. But many people get into audio engineering thinking it's going to be easy for whatever reason. You know, it could be the way YouTube teaches or there's programs that are like, learn how to do this very quickly or the real reason why you're not doing it, 10 reasons. And you watch like enough of those 10 things not to do right or too wrong and whatever. And you read enough articles on like, oh, what do you wish you would have changed differently type things. And before, no, you, you believe yourself. Oh, this is going to be a piece of cake. I Give me a year and I'm going to be, I'll mix in everyone. Then you actually start doing it and you realize, man, this is a lot harder. And if you're doing stuff where you're, you know, in forums where you're comparing your work with your peers and you start getting humbled real quick and you're like, oh, damn, I'm not as good as I thought I was. These people are so much further ahead. And it's like, well, if you've been doing it for six months to a year, what makes you think you can compete with someone who's been doing this for like 10? Like humble yourself, you know, like <laughs> relax. You know, what What did you think was going to happen? You just had this natural ability to like out 
outmaneuver everyone. It's just not, not very rare. Any of us built that way and that's okay. But if you're someone listening and you're like, I've been doing this for six months and it's not getting any easier friend. It's okay. It's not going to get easier for a while. It took me like 12 years to get to the point where I felt comfortable and then I could actually help and coach and teach people. It took me a long time to get there. A long, long time. And there were plenty of times where I was just, I hate this thing. But my determination of like, no, I know I can do this thing. It's just that light bulb hasn't gone off yet. I just have to keep working at it. I need to, what am I not good at? And I need to focus on how do I get better at this thing that I'm not good at? How do I get better at this thing? How do I develop my ears? But not going, not being disappointed when it's not easy, but being like, all right, it's not as easy as I thought it was going to be. But I enjoy a challenge and I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to be good at engineering. I'm going to be the best mixer in my town, in my city, in my region, in my state, whatever it is. But knowing when it gets tough, yeah, it's a skill. It's like a talent. It's like being an athlete. You got to train. You don't just like wake up and six months later, you're like, all right, I'm going to, I'm on the Olympic team. That shit doesn't happen. That's not how the world and universe works. If it did, everyone would be doing all the cool jobs, all the cool things. But that's just not how the world works. That's not how things are. So chill. It's okay. You'll get there. Just know it's it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's a journey you're going through. And it's not gonna, it's not gonna always be easy. There are some things that will come easy to you that will be easier to do. But not everything is going to be easy. Some things will take time and it's okay. And when you have those moments where you're like, I really hate this. I don't want to do it anymore. Take a day, take a two, take two days, take the weekend, go do something else. Music's going to be right there where it was. All right. The next one is people don't have a system. And I know I'm saying that to an audience of creative. They're like system. Ugh, you lost me at system. <laughs> Cause I used to be that way and I, I love systems now because they allow me to be more productive and I like being productive, but man, getting to this point, just even whenever I would hear developing a system or making systems in the past, I'd be like, Oh, I don't want any of that. Get that away from me. Like, I don't want to get organized. It's about the art, man. It's not about being organized. It's about the art and man, you can be so much more productive when you have a system in place. Now, what do I mean by system? There's numerous things. And I talked about in another episode, I'll leave in a show notes on how to like iron these things out. But having a system is like, are you always creating a new songwriting template? Are you always creating a new mixing template? Are you always creating a mastering template? Are you always doing something that maybe you can systemize it? Maybe, Maybe you create a system to where it's easy to do certain things where you're not dreading it. Cause sometimes as a creative, I know I like to procrastinate if I'm like, Oh, I don't want to do this thing. But then when I do that thing, it really took me 10 minutes, but my mind is like, Oh, it's going to take you so long. It's going to take so much time to do that thing. And then I get, get in there and I do it. I'm like, Oh, that took like 10 minutes. Like why was I allowing my brain to think this was going to take like 10 hours? And that's just how we're wired. And we have to work around that. So when you have those things where, oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to like pull the song out, mix prep it, and then mix it. It's like, 
well, why don't you have a mix prep day? Why don't you have like a mix prep lunch hour or power hour where you're just like, all right, I'm going to get this all prepped up so I can mix it. Just creating a system based on your habits and who you are and what you want to accomplish. And there's a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear that I will link in the show notes that was really, really helpful in helping me realize like, oh, I need to create a system and just, I don't have to perfect it over day, overnight. It's, uh, but I need to start creating systems in place for everything that I do that I can stick to and then improve those little by little. The book goes in way more depth than that. And uh, actually, me and a friend have another podcast together where we talk about this, and I'll link that also in the show notes. But building systems will help you as an engineer. And it will, if you can create systems that work, man, you'll be able to you'll have time to balance work, life, a family, everything, because you're, you're creating a system that works for you. Cause I, a lot of this comes down to like work. Uh, how do you guys make time for something? If you work all day, it's like, well, what's your system? Well, I just like turn on the computer and I open the session. I start from scratch every time. It's like, well, if you start from scratch every time, that's why you have no energy to do anything else. You got, you got to create a template or something so you can get right to work. And over time, that template will improve because you know, you're, you're putting the time to figure out your style, but until you do that, I mean, you're going to always be starting from square one, right? Now the next one, focusing on the wrong things. This one might make some people upset. You don't need that plugin that just went on sale. You don't need that thing that just went on sale. You don't need that guitar. You don't need those strings. You don't need any of that stuff. Stop focusing on this thing's going to make me better. Because let me tell you, I always jokingly say that I'm going to wake up tomorrow and sell all my gear and start from zero again, just to see what I actually need. Because now I have so much stuff again that I'm like, I don't even know what I use and don't use. Like I, I, I can't keep track of it. It's just like, I started from zero and then over time I acquired stuff and it's great. And I love gear and I'm very fortunate. But sometimes I'm like, do I even need this? Like I'm looking at stuff and I'm like, do I need this? Or is this just like a nice to have? Am I focused? Is this, is this helping me be, be more productive or is it, I'm focusing on the wrong thing. And so many audio engineers are like, I, I, I think I need this to be better at that or this and that. And it's like, no, you just want, you think you need this or that thing. But what you actually need to focus in on is this. So when someone's like, oh, will this new EQ make me better? It's like, no, your ears are going to make your EQing better. You need to work on your listening skills and your referencing skills. Will this compressor make my compression better? No, you just need to get better at compressing with any compressor. That's That, that compressor is a VCA-style compressor with more buttons and bells and whistles, but it ultimately does the same thing. Understanding the things that matter based on your skill and what you're trying to accomplish being a producer, you know, do I need a drum set? Well, I mean, you could do mini drums if you don't have the money for a drum set. It's okay. You don't need that stuff. So many people are like, I, I want to record bands, but I don't have enough stuff. Or I, I don't have like a great, I don't have all this gear that other people have. It's like, well, what, what does your record sound like? Well, my stuff sounds great. They're hiring me because of this, but I'm kind of embarrassed because I don't have a studio. It's like, they're hiring you because of the result they listen to, not because of your environment. And if and what's going to impress them 
is when you're like, oh, I do it with this. And they're going to be like, oh, crap. You don't use this. We thought you had like all this. And it's like, nah, this is what I do. And they're going to be like, this guy's talented because he he's making do with what he has. And not only that, but it sounds like the best in town. That's awesome. So focusing on what actually is going to move the needle, not focusing on the gear and all the things that, you know, we think matter, but ultimately don't matter to bands and artists. And it's not going to be the same for everyone. So you have to focus in on next time you want that new plugin or the guitar that you're asking yourself, do I really, really need this? Is this guitar actually going to make me a better player or is spending the time to get better at the theory and my picking hand going to actually make me the better player? And the guitar is just going to aesthetically make me happy for like a good week. And then after that, I'm on to the next guitar because it's an addiction at that point. So that's something to think about. Are you focusing on the wrong things? Is that why you're stagnant? You can't, you've hit a plateau. You just can't get better, but you keep throwing money at things that thinking that that's going to be the solution when really you got to take a step back and figure out the other. The This next one is a tough one because not everyone is fortunate or privileged enough to have it. But if you can, will make the biggest difference. And that's building the right support system. And I've been very fortunate throughout my career to have a fantastic support system with my family, with significant others, um, everyone, friends, everyone just, whatever I decide to do, I always have people that believe in me, support me and back me up. Whether or not I know deep down inside it's going to pan out or not is another question <laughs> for another day. But I've always had a good support system and I've been really, really lucky in having that throughout my career. Not everyone has that. And I have quite, I have some friends who they don't have, they have it from the, their friends, but they don't have it from a significant other and or family. Others who have it from a significant other, but their families and their friends don't. It's just, it just, it, it makes it so much harder and easier to quit when you don't have the right support system. And sometimes it's not even about having other people to support you, but your internal support. Do you truly believe you can pull it off? Because I know so many producers and mixers who have given up because they don't ultimately truly 100% believe in themselves. They, everyone else around them believes in them, but they, they themselves have not gone all in embedded on themselves yet. And then something goes wrong, that fear sinks in, and they're like, maybe I'm not meant for this, and they just give up. That's it. I don't know about any of you listening, but to me, the fear of failure scares me more than the actual failure itself. Like the regret of not taking a chance frightens the crap out of me. And I would rather try something and fail and know that I at least tried than and bet on myself because no one else is ultimately going to bet on me. I have to bet on myself to do things than not and having the support system is nice when it's there but if you're someone who doesn't have the right support system maybe digging deep deep down inside yourself and you being the right support system is what you need to do and figuring out how do I program and talk to myself to know that I'm more than enough to get this done and I can get it done and I will learn how to get it done. I will be resilient in getting it done. And I'm actually going to 
link to a book in the show notes. It's like a turning into like a productivity self-help <laughs> episode when it wasn't meant to be uh, for a book about self-talk because with atomic habits and self-talk, they can really help build the systems and principles that you need to know that you can out, you can go out there and you can, you can make this a full-time career. And if you've already made a full-time career, you can go out there and you can scale it. You've got this. You've already done the hard part of getting the ball rolling. Now let's get that ball rolling a little faster. Let's, let's, let's scale it. Let's get it uphill at this point. It's not rolling downhill anymore. Let's get it, let's get it rolling uphill. You know, the next one is a tough one and I can't say that I've ever felt this way, but I know many people that I've coached who have, and that's worrying about everyone else and what they're thinking. They see you doing something and you're like, oh, they're thinking like, who, who is this poser? Who's this wannabe that wants to be a producer or audio engineer? Who are they to want to have to do that thing that I want to do? And you know, they, they're back to themselves talking that shit. But ultimately, you're putting in the work, but you can't help but think when you're doing that work. Are other people talking crap about me or care what I'm doing? And I will say this the ones who matter do not pay attention or care. The ones who do not matter are always the loudest and do care. But ultimately, they don't matter. So why do you care if they're paying attention? Just do you. They're just envious that you're doing something that they wish they had the balls or the guts or the bravery to just pick up and do. It's not easy to say, hey, this this passion, this hobby that I want to do, I'm going to make it a career. You know how hard it is to do that? Like Wanting to be a producer or a mixer or anything in the audio field, just waking up and saying, I want to make this a career is not a normal thing. It's not, people aren't wired to like want to do that. So the fact that you want to do that, you're already like a weird person because I'm a weird person, but it's like, we're drawn to it. We have to do it. It's who we are. It's in our DNA, right? And when someone else wants to do it, but they can't because they can't muster the courage to go and do it, they're not as brave as you. Of course, they're going to talk shit. Of course, they're going to hate on you, but they don't matter. They don't matter at all. They're not paying your bills. You know, they don't have any clients. So who are they going to talk shit to besides people online and their little circle of friends? They can't tell a band that you suck because you're recording the band. They're like, well, I don't know. His results are pretty sick. What are, what are we even talking about? You know, so stop worrying about what everyone else might think. Who cares? They're not paying your mortgage. They're not paying your bills. They're not, they're not putting food on your table. What does it matter what anyone thinks? Even the successful people that you admire, who cares what anyone thinks about what you're doing besides you? Just you and your integrity should be all that matters. But it's it's easier said than done. But if you can just focus on you and what you want and your desires and making your, your goals happen, you don't have time to listen to what's happening behind you because you're already moving forward. And before you know it, what was loud, the more distance you put between you and it, you can't hear it anymore. It's silence. It doesn't matter what's happening back here. You're already so far ahead, it's gone. Right? All right. That is deep enough. <laughs> um, 
And the next one, again, kind of similar, but tough. And this one I deal with, I, I, I deal with, but it isn't like a negative way. Whereas there's like two ways of, that's like two sides of this coin. <sighs> it's like comparing yourself to everyone else. And it's kind of where the imposter syndrome sets in for a lot of people. They're like, oh, I love this mixer so much. I love CLA so much. I want to be the next CLA, but I'm just not as good as them. It's like, well, yeah, if you think that way, of course you're going to feel like an imposter. Now, when I say I compare myself to everyone else, it's I compare the quality of the record I hear coming out of from some of my peers. And I'm like, damn, that was sick. I need to figure out how they did that. Like it's a healthy comparison of like admiration and that admiration turns into inspiration and the inspiration turns into curiosity of how can I do it myself, right? Whereas there's the the opposite of that where it's like, man, they sound so good. I'll never be as good as them. <sighs> they sound so good. I, who am I to try to make records? And when you have that mindset, of course you're going to quit. Of course you want to give up because you're always comparing yourself to something that's on a pedestal that may not actually be a pedestal that's there. And that's what they can do. What if you're meant to do so much more and better, but you're giving up too early because you're trying to compare yourself to something when you shouldn't? You're you. Be you. Stop worrying about what everyone else is doing, what everyone else is thinking. Find your sign- your sonic signature and whatever you're producing, what record you're making, the band that's working with you. How can you take your skill to the next level and focus in on you? Because once you find your voice and do your thing, everyone, other guess what? There's going to be other people being like, how? Do I do what they just did? How did they do that? I am no good. They're saying that to themselves now. You're too busy focusing on you, making the best record you can, that soon enough other people are gonna be like, man, I need to give up. I'm never gonna beat them. They're just so they're they're so much further ahead. How do I have a chance? Well, maybe they can have a chance, but they're like you at one point or focus on the wrong thing. So stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop thinking, I'll never sound as good as that person. You should be hoping you never sound as good as them. And you sound better because you sound like you. You sound like yourself. Fuck sounding like the next CLA. I love CLA's records. I don't want to sound like him though. I want to sound like me. I want to sound like the best version of me that CLA wishes he could sound like. You know, that's the kind of mindset you need to have in this game. Not comparing yourself to... I'll never be like them. It's not what the game's about. It's about being the best version of yourself and putting your signature stamp on your the sonic product that you've just helped an artist create. It's all. It's why you're going to get hired. There's only one CLA, and people are already hiring him for that thing that he does. They're not going to hire a carbon copy, but they'll hire you for sounding like you, for doing what you do. And being the master of what you do. Because only you can do what you do. And this kind of goes into the next one, which is like, not. I've talked about this on an episode that I'll put in the show notes, but it's like, worrying about a future that hasn't come. So it's like, goes back to the thing that we talked about earlier of, I've been doing this for six months and I haven't gotten any better. It's like, well, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. You've only been doing this for six months. What do you think? You know? But then after six months, it's like 
you put this internal clock or timer in your head of like, I have to be this, this good or this talented at this point in time. Otherwise I'm not good. And if I'm not good, then I have to just give up and move on with something else. And it's like, why are you worried about a future that hasn't come yet? And it kind of reminds me thinking of, uh, I think it was like the last dance with the Michael Jordan documentary. I think it was like Netflix. And there was like a really fascinating quote in there in that he never worried about any shot that he threw. And when they asked him, they're like, do you ever worry about your free throws or at practice? And and he's like, why would I worry about a shot I haven't even taken? And I was just like, oh man, that's like such good advice for anyone. Why are you worried about something that hasn't even happened yet? You can't, you can't control that hypothetical outcome yet. So why are you, why are you worrying about will music become a career by in 12 months? If you put the systems in place and you figure out what needs to be figured out, sure, it can happen. But if you're just kind of winging it, well, probably not. But worrying about a future that isn't here yet isn't going to make things happen. It's just going to bring stress to you when you should be worrying about building systems, developing your skill set, marketing yourself. All the things that are actually going to matter and focusing on those as opposed to these hypotheticals that you're imagining in your mind. And the last one on why people give up on this list, and I have a whole episode dedicated to it, and it really bones me out when when people leave because of this, because I understand the struggle. And maybe one day in a future episode, I'll talk about this. And as mixers and producers and, and audio engineers who don't know how to price themselves, and they price themselves into poverty. And I partially blame the audio recording industry as a whole for this one. It's kind of like... um we're all part of an economy, whether we want to accept it or not. We're all part of a world economy because we all work in audio. How we conduct business in this economy dictates how artists and bands treat us and price us and gauge us. Now, I will never be one to say you shouldn't charge something just because. I will say put it out there, and if the, someone's willing to pay it, the market has said yes. But there's an opposite to that. And the one we all run into is when here's our rate, this is what we charge. Oh, I have someone else who will do this for cheaper. And then you have people on, you know, who are charging dirt prices. And with the amount of time and effort that goes into doing this stuff, it's just like, well, it's not even at that price point, it's not even worth me touching, but you've been priced out of a market that just isn't sustainable. But because Producers, mixers, audio engineers are so desperate for work. They'll do anything to get someone through the doors just because they want to build a portfolio. They want some experience that they'll just price themselves into poverty. They're like, okay, I'll mix and master and record the song for like a hundred bucks, 65 bucks. And you're just like, with the amount of time you're putting in, and it's always the artists that pay the least that demand the most. It's so annoying. <laughs> and that's why a long time ago I was like, these are my rates. And if no, if if I don't get work for a year, that's fine because these are my rates. I'll go get another job. But 
you know, luckily that never happened, but I was like, no, these are my rates because I'm pricing myself to still have a somewhat sustainable life. Like I want to do certain things. And if I, if I were to do a song for a hundred bucks and it takes like a week of my life or a month or who knows how long, it's like whenever you do those really shit deals, you price yourself into poverty. You can't make money and you're chasing people for, you know, to finish recording their parts and then they want to re-record or re-edit and then they want to do a record for 200 bucks and all these like stupid things, these nightmare scenarios you read in forums and it's like, well, yeah, like you need to know what your rate is, how to figure that out. And you need to stay true to what is your goal with your career and is that artist going to help push that goal into reality? And are you pricing yourself to have a sustainable life? So just be careful with you know, how, how much are you going, how much is your minimum for a job? You know, it shouldn't be how much is the minimum you'll take for the job is what's the least amount that you can afford to take this job for like changing your mindset around that. It's like, I can't do a single for less than 2000 bucks or 1500 bucks. It's like, okay, that's not, that's not the lowest amount you can go, but that's the least amount you will take for the amount of time you have to put in. So if you found this episode helpful and it brought you some value and you know a friend who may benefit, please share this episode. I would greatly appreciate it. And if you'd like to keep this conversation going or talk about anything music or gear related, uh, in the show notes, there will be a link to the Plugin Alley Discord server. And until next time, you know, with this knowledge that you learned from this episode, just remember working in music doesn't have to suck anymore. And I'm your host, John Maciel. Until next time, friends. Mm-hmm.